live from the ESPN 690 and Jaron Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hello from the road, everybody. Welcome to Indianapolis, Indiana and NFL Combine 2022 with a... A rejuvenated Jacksonville Jaguars franchise once again because it's Doug Peterson now here at the Combine Indianapolis trying to accumulate talent for this Jacksonville Jaguars team. It's his team now. Of course, Trent Baalke will be here as well for the Jacksonville Jaguars and just about everybody in the NFL. This is a coaching convention. This is a who's who, although there are some coaches like Sean McVay not coming. And then one of the big stories here uh, at the Combine, we're going to see, I think, more and more of these superstar players or at least big prospects say, hey, I'm not going to work out here. I'm going to work out the uh, pro day instead, but I'm here for interviews and medicals and, and those kind of things. So uh, I think we're going to continue to get that. We predicted that we could get that uh, last week when we were talking about it. And uh, even with the Jacksonville Jaguars, like if you took all the mock drafts, Evan Neal's probably mocked to the Jags more than any other player. And Evan Neal has decided, hey, I see at the pro day when it comes to the workout. Although for an offensive lineman, you got to figure the tape tells the story. So welcome to Indianapolis. Brent Martineau here. Austin Lane still in Dallas. Uh, will make his way back later today. We will talk to Austin coming off a TKO win. Not the way he wanted to get it, but he got a win in Dallas yesterday in the cage once again. Hey, Casey Kurtz back in the Action Sports Shack Studios pushing all the buttons. Like what is, I've lost track. What is this, like five in a row now for Austin? More than that, six in a row? What are we at? Yeah. Yeah, it feels like a, it's five or I think it's five. Good little run, though. Absolutely. I know it threw probably a lot of people off that were wanting to watch because uh, things happened a little earlier than expected. I think I threw you off as well when I texted you. You did. Uh, but I talked with Austin after, and four fights before him got cut due to people being sick or missing weight or something, so he got moved up a lot. And I'm just glad that, shout out to my dad, by the way, who was locked in and watching and is like, hey, yeah. Austin's in the cage. I'm like, what are you talking about? And that's how we figured it out. But, yeah, Austin's on a good little run right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you, you're right, too. We'll tell the story and share it a little bit more. But I was coming off the golf course. I got, I was, like, ready to – I timed everything out perfect for about an 8 o'clock, maybe, 8, eight to 9 o'clock fight time. And uh, that's not the way it transpired. Instead, it was very quick. But the big story is Austin gets the win. Like, that's uh, – it's, again, not how he wanted to. Injury to his opponent after they were throwing down for a little bit. Uh, Austin even took a shot or two and then delivered a blow or two. So – uh, we will talk to Austin in the 4 o'clock hour. What does this mean? I know coming out of this, we had hoped to maybe talk about uh, an appearance in Jacksonville on April 9th when the UFC comes here. There is no lock to that, but that is the hope and wishful thinking. Um, and could that come to fruition, I think, would be a monumental deal on the path of Austin and his career in the cage. His career in radio will continue tomorrow, by the way. Uh, he'll be back in the Action Sports Jack studios, but he will check in uh, from Dallas. A lot going on in the world of sports major league baseball uh this is the deadline for some reason they set their own deadline which i think is kind of stupid in itself uh because they really put themselves on the clock to say okay uh there's going to be no games and now the latest is there could be no games for the first month of the year if they can't get something hammered out interesting i saw something last night that is like hey they're closer than people think but really the rhetoric today is no they're really not so uh, it looks like we're heading for a, a delayed season or a, at least a cancellation of some games. Casey, I know you're a big baseball fan, but uh, that is not going to help out the sport that we love. Yeah, not uh, not going to say I told you so, but I'm telling you, they're not going to play. Like, they just can't get this thing figured out. And 
I think I think for the casual fan, it's going to be hard for them, for anybody to side with the players or the owners if you look at it. There are some reasons to side with the players, but at the same time, you know, I don't think anyone's going to feel bad for Max Scherzer pulling up in his Porsche, just signed a $30 million a year contract. So I think it's hard for baseball to get anybody on board either side of this, and it's just it's a really bad look for the sport, and it it may not recover. Only time will tell for that, but when you're arguing with billionaires and millionaires over money, I think it's hard for someone who's neither of those things to really lock in and side with one of the sides. We've done this before. We've done this with the NFL, uh, especially in the last decade, um, and thought we were maybe getting closer to doing that again a few years back, and then they came to a nice resolution. So, But I have some thoughts on what you just said. Billionaires and millionaires, that is a tough thing. Scherzer and guys like that, but not everybody is like that. That's like we see those folks, um, and we're like, really, should I feel bad for you? And for some reason, it's an odd thing, but we love the players when they play the game. We don't even know who the owners are or care who the owners are, yet it seems like in work stoppages, the mass people kind of side with the ownership and like, let's just play. I don't care how you get it done. Let's get, let's just play. Uh, because it feels like that's what the owners want, right? They want games to happen. Right. And they want more games because they make money. And the fans want, well, games because they want to watch. And so it's really – we'll expand on that a little bit, but I find it very interesting when it comes to these work stoppages or the threat of that. That's how we uh, get there. Uh, but let's get back to the football to- topics because uh, uh, there's really a lot going on. Kyla Mori, I was on a plane this morning, and how about that statement from Kyla Mori's agent? And this sets up a whole different scenario when it comes to quarterback talk, which we've talked about. But obviously, Casey, Kyla Murray and the antics of the last few weeks when we were guessing about his social media had to do with, hey, I want to get paid and I want to get paid now. Yeah, I think it's um, an interesting statement to make. He, he is right in terms of the going rate of quarterbacks. That part of the statement is true because quarterbacks are getting paid a ton of money, but the one part Kyler in the statement uh, or his agent, I should say, might have left out is he is an accomplished as some of these quarterbacks that signed some of these deals. So I, I don't want to say it's going to get ugly for the Cardinals and Kyler Murray, but it is definitely interesting to add to the fuel to the social media and everything that's happened this offseason for the Cardinals, who now all of a sudden might have to look elsewhere for, at the quarterback position. Yeah, and don't you think the the Cardinals have to be careful here because I think Adam Schefter tweeted out like a handful of quarterbacks or maybe six quarterbacks that were given contracts before their fourth year, and you'll like them, right? It's Josh Allen. It's Patrick Mahomes. But then there's a little buyer beware from a performance standpoint to Sean Watson. Well, that looks good, except he didn't play last year. Right. So, And you don't have him, so did you pay him too soon? You can make the case. And then there's guys like, Jared Goff, well, that was a mistake. There's a guy like Carson Wentz. Was that a mistake? And ironically, I would have never got this, but Ryan Tannehill's on that list as well. Yeah, he is, and that's that's starting to look like a mistake, especially after you saw in the uh, playoff game. So, yeah, it always doesn't go in your favor, but I I don't know. Well, if you're Arizona right now, how are you feeling? Well, I'm a little stuck. Um... Because the guy's a talented player, right? And he's, you've built the organization around him uh, in many respects. And you've built the organization and made all these moves to win right now and compete in that division. And so I think you, you're kind of pot committed. And it's almost like 
you know he's a super talented guy. I mean, he's done some things that nobody else has really even done. I think I saw 70 touchdowns, passing, 20 rushing. But I do think it, it, it's a little alarming that, yeah, he's a human highlight reel, but is he a winner? Is he going to take you to a Super Bowl? Uh, does he have some maturity issues? Does he have some leadership issues? Like, those things are being asked. Like, I don't know. I'm not close enough to it. But uh, those are being asked. And what he's done in November and December and January certainly isn't eye-popping, you know? I mean, Nick Foles made a, a mint off what he did in December and January, in, in early February. Well, should you pay a guy like Kyler Murray to do if he's not doing that, if he's not getting that job done? In fact, they fizzled. Yeah, it was an ankle injury, but they really fizzled down the stretch, and he looked awful in the playoff game. So yeah. I think it's a little bit concerning, but I think the, these teams get stuck. That's why uh, Jared Goff probably did sign. That's why Carson Wentz did sign, because sooner or later, you either sign a little early and save a few bucks, or you're going to have to sign the next year for when you have less leverage and, and they can name the price. So um, I, think, I think they're going to have to do it. I'm just not sure I'm sold that, that Kyla Murray is in the league's elite list of quarterbacks at $40 million per year or $42 million per year. I don't know what the proposal was, but apparently it was in line with what everybody else is making these days. I'm not sure he's earned that, quite frankly. Patrick Mahomes, by the time he had signed it, he had earned it. I think Josh Allen was on the verge of earning it. Like, he was showing MVP kind of material. Kyler Murray showed what? Like, MVP material for five games? Was it earlier this year or was it last year? I can't even remember. I think it was last year. Yeah. Uh, and So two years ago now, where he was kind of in that conversation when Austin had him on his fantasy team. Yeah. So I, I just – and then he took a step back. So he almost like he – he showed too much too early, and then he gave us a little evidence of, wait a minute, let's think about this. Josh Allen's contract was like growth, 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 and he's never taken this step back. He continues to grow, so it makes a lot of sense. We talked about this recently with Lamar Jackson, but, you know, these teams are invested around this young quarterback and almost have to pay them what they think they're worth or what the league says they're worth to keep it together because, you know what, you don't want to see what's on the other side of that fence. And, and that's the danger zone. You don't want to be stuck without a quarterback. These guys are good. Are they great? Are they elite? Are they going to win you Super Bowl? Should you be paying them $45 million? Well, uh, you know what? I think you can argue no. Yeah. But I don't think you're going to have the luxury to argue no. I think you got to ride for it and, and keep your fingers crossed like you do maybe with like a big-time free agent you sign in an offseason. Yeah, I agree. I think stuck is a good term there as well. You do what you have to do. Um, I wonder... Obviously, this has floated around with Kyler Murray, and I don't think there's any, you know, truth to it. But how seriously do you consider going to play baseball if you're Kyler Murray and the Cardinals are like, we can't, we're not paying this right now? Well, where are you going? <laughs> oh, good call. <laughs> yeah. Where are, you, where are you going? I saw somebody did tweet today. They said, I guess he's getting paid about $5 million or $5.4 million for this upcoming season. And they said, well, he'd be making less than that in baseball. So. It's it's even and I'm saying regardless of like a work stoppage, he would still be making less than that, like on his rookie deal. Yeah, absolutely, is what they're saying. So, um, so yeah, I don't. It, it's pretty um, pretty odd timing. Yeah, I I, I haven't. I don't know if Kyler Murray can threaten baseball right now. I think he knows he's he's committed to football. And by the way, you can make forty million a year being a quarterback in the NFL right now. That's actually better than the base. Used to be the baseball guys were a better way to go. Yeah, that's well, true. Well, you can make $40, 45000000 million, and you sign a five-year deal, and it's $200, 250000000 million, something like that, uh, and you're gonna, you know you're going to get 120 of it guaranteed. Well, that's baseball kind of money now. 
at the QB position, even though not everything's guaranteed. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty wild scenario in, in that regard that he, I don't even think, Casey, that he can threaten the baseball thing at the moment. It doesn't add up. Yeah, yeah that's a good call. I mean, unless he wants to – I mean, he would have to be a minor league baseball player anyway, but he, he, I guess in theory he could go play minor league baseball, but uh, what a fall from grace that would be to be the quarterback of the Cardinals to go uh, play minor league baseball. So definitely interesting, I think – I, I think stuck is a great word to put it, man. I If you're Kyler, if you're Arizona, I think you're stuck altogether. And in a draft, you're obviously not going to draft a quarterback. Maybe you look ahead to next year, the quarterbacks that are going to be available if you're Arizona. But, yeah, to your point, he hasn't he hasn't done anything when it's mattered the most, and that would be a hesitation for me if I was signing the check in Arizona. Yeah, uh, Glenn asked, who has the higher ceiling, Kyler Murray or Justin Herbert? It's no question. Yeah, Herbie I mean, all Justin day. Justin Herbert. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. And so and they they came in the league together? Or does Kyler have one extra year? Kyler's Kyler one extra, extra year. year. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so Herbert. So I, I was wondering if he was asking the question in terms of why isn't Herbert doing this? Well, he will maybe after next year, you know, if he continues to put up the numbers and get paid early. But then I think he, if he continues on that trend, he would have a, a pretty good case to do that. Why is it when we see these, uh, I'm going to kind of get, this is where I was going a little bit with the baseball stuff, and, and maybe I'll revisit it um, in terms of picking owners over athletes, and I'm not sure you picked that, but I think there's a subconscious about us that are like, man, these athletes are making a ton of money, yet these are the guys that we love, and, and that statement put out by his agent today, didn't it kind of rub you the wrong way? Yeah, I think if I was it, a, yeah, yes. Just even from a fan perspective, like, I'm not saying he's wrong. But it had like this arrogant tone, and I'm sitting there reading it, and my first thought through is like, what has he done? Yeah. Like, why Like, why is he getting this – like, why is there a statement out here like this in the public's eye for a guy like – that I'm not sure he's done enough to warrant that. Now, listen, if Aaron Rodgers' agent wants to do that because he wants $50 million, well, that makes sense. But, like, see, that's the other side of this. So if Kyler Murray wants $42 million or something like that, right, and Aaron Rodgers wants $50 million, well, if Kyler Murray's worth $42 million, well, then Aaron Rodgers is worth like 80 Oh, no doubt. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's pretty interesting, I think, like, we love the athlete. The athlete's why we watch the game. Yet our first pass at a lot of these dollar things are like, come on, man, just play. You're in a contract. Like, yeah. And I don't know if that's just me, but I think that I feel that like on social media and other places, I feel like that's I feel like everybody's like, Kyler, what are you doing, man? Try this next year after you maybe make win a playoff game. Right. No, I, I agree with you. I think in terms of like the fan bases, to your point, I think there comes a point where enough is enough. Like to most regular people like myself, like you said, Kyler Murray's under contract for like five million dollars this year. I can't even fathom working a job for $5 million. So I think that's where you lose people in the point where it's like $5 million, $40 million. Like, I know it's a huge difference in number, but to me, that's where the disconnect comes. Like, okay, you're disappointed at making $5 million. Like, I understand you're putting your life on the line, in for lack of a better term, but when you get to that point where you're arguing over millions of dollars, I think that's where the fans like, come on, man. Yeah, I, I, I've always said this, though, Casey. What's interesting is, first of all, you can never relate it to – my job and your job, uh, uh, especially in football, in my estimation, uh, but really in, in any sport, because they can do something we, we can't do. Like, sure. I think athletes have proven that they can come and talk on the radio, quite frankly. Uh, some are better than others, but they have proven they can do it. Sure. They can do what I do. 
uh, I cannot, at their level, play their game. And I wouldn't bash my head into a linebacker 30 times a game uh, and, and put my, my body at the risk they do. So I always appreciate that part and say, from that standpoint, you're a one percenter. If I take the business world and the one percent and CEOs and, I mean, heck, people's bonuses sometimes equal a pay like that, you know, in the, in the yeah. big corporate world. And, and so, like, I think of it in that respect that I can't relate it necessarily to me. The thing I always relate it to is, like, movie stars. Like, why don't we blink an eye when Tom Hanks makes $50 million for a movie? It's a good call. You know, like, we never do that. But we blink an eye when Kyla Murray, who is a very talented and one of the most talented players in the NFL, even though his resume doesn't say it, says, hey, I'm underpaid. And... I think we could sit here and what we just did is debate, should he be making $40 million? But I could probably say with everything in my body that he probably shouldn't be making just $5 million right now, you know, based yeah. on everybody else. So, um, it, but it's an interesting way we, we, I think, absorb news like this. We're almost like, hey, you're under contract. Just play your contract out, and then when it's your time, you'll get paid. Like, that's the way I, I – I'm guilty of this, by the way. I'm, as, I'm saying the same thing because I feel like in my world, if I sign my contract, okay, I'm not going to rip mine up in two years. But if I did something unbelievable, maybe I would go to my boss and be like, hey, uh, don't you think I deserve a little bit more? Yeah. You know? And, and I think we all would. So I, I just find it interesting, the dynamic, and, and baseball's playing out a little bit like this right now. We've seen it in all sports. We, we just were like, what are the, how are you making that much money in the NBA? How is J.J. Reddick getting $23 million for one year, hey. right? Mm -hmm. um, how, like, so we asked those questions, and I, I just think it's kind of interesting because we root for the athlete. We watch because of the athlete, but then when the athlete wants money, our, our first impression usually is like, why is he doing that? <laughs> yeah, it's a good call. And I'm not so sure it's really that wrong, <laughs> quite frankly. Uh, but again, I, I, I'm bringing this up because I kind of reacted that way today. Like, I did. I, I reacted like, what's this agent talking about? Like, what's, what's this statement? And I guess the only thing I would criticize the agent for is, does he need to go public with it? Because once you go public with it, I think you're asking for a little bit of a battle yeah. with the organization. I, I feel like that. Uh, and keep in mind, by the way, this is this should hit Jags fans. Like, we know about this. This is one of the reasons, by the way, Ramsey is out of here. It's not just because things went sour. But he wanted to get paid. He wanted to be paid more than he was making three years in based on his performance. He was looking across the room at guys like A.J. Boye, and he's doing better and marking down the number one guy. Yet A.J. Boye, and because of the, the, the structure and age they were at and part of the league they were at and coming over from free agency versus a rookie deal, I think it bothered Jalen Ramsey a little bit that he was making $4 million and A.J. Boye was making $16, 17000000 $18 million. Yeah. And, and so it does bother these guys. Um, and what does Austin always say, right? What does the money say? Uh, not exactly what the money is all the time. So, like, I think you can relate it to Jacksonville because I do think there was a part of that that that's how this thing started to mushroom a little bit. And, and basically the Jags were like, well, we'll take care of it after. When the time's right, we'll take care of it. And then the conversation started, well, hey, we could tag you, and we could tag you twice. And, you know, there's so much power. So when the athlete has a little bit of a chance at some power play – they take it, and I guess that's what Kyle Murray is trying to do. I think we can debate how much power he really should have based on performance this past year. 
uh, in the last that. couple of years. So, uh, interesting debate that rolls on. How did I get through the first segment? Didn't even mention the Hall of Fame game. Uh, that news came out in the last couple hours. I think it was, well, in my world it was expected. I'd heard it was going to happen. Uh, but I think uh, everybody kind of anticipated this could be in play. What does that mean? Uh, you going to go? You going to Canton, Ohio? We'll be there, of course. Uh, we are live in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. Everything kicks off tomorrow. So, really, it's a dark day here in Indy. We just had to get here because the Jags are talking uh, tomorrow. So, we um, will really kick things off tomorrow. By the way, we're not staying very long here at the Combine. It, it lasts like more than a week or just about a week. We'll only be here for a couple of days. Uh, but what about Canton, Ohio? Is the fan base going to go? Will you go? Now, it's not just an induction for Tony Baselli, but the football game on top of it. You can really make a nice trip out of Canton, Ohio, which, by the way, is better in August than probably the winter. Uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 on the road again. very next step would be to trade Jordan Love and to see what kind of value you can get out of him if Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. So I think Aaron Rodgers goes back to Green Bay. I think Aaron Rodgers should go back to Green Bay. I think it's his best place for two reasons. Individual success, which we know is important to him, is important to every great. And then team success. I honestly believe the best chance for him to finally win that second Super Bowl is in Green Bay unequivocally. Now, if that happens, if and when Aaron Rodgers comes back, I do think there's a couple things that need to happen. Number one, like I said, trade Jordan Love. See, understand that the decision to draft him maybe wasn't a mistake, but it's not providing any value to your football team. Well, that is Dan Orlovsky yep. from ESPN. One for Dan one. Roger What's that? One for one? Yeah, yep. good start. Uh, the... Yeah, the Aaron Rodgers. I wonder if the Aaron Rodgers stuff will play out this week. Again, we're getting into franchise tag season and all that over this uh, th this next week and then free agency right on the horizon. We've spent a lot of time already talking about that. But I do wonder, that domino, the first domino that seems to fall would be Aaron Rodgers. And, and what about his other teammate? Did you see the report that the Jags would be interested? Uh, how interested would they really be? How true do you think that is? Is this just stuff being thrown against the wall? Uh, let's talk about that in just a couple of moments. But first, I, I should have done this uh, even in the first segment because we've been talking about it for the last hour on social media and everywhere else. But uh, the Jags are playing in the Hall of Fame game on August 4th in Canton, Ohio. So it'll be the second time in franchise history. It's actually the first game they played uh, way back when the franchise started. And uh, Tony Vaselli going into the Hall of Fame on Saturday that week. So uh, it looks like to me the Jaguars will be up there Wednesday uh, like a normal game. They'll play Thursday. It'll be a nationally televised game. That means it's an added preseason game, by the way. So they'll play four, which means training camp will move up. Not good for the family schedule, if you know what I mean, in terms of baseball and softball. Uh -oh. But that's what's happening uh, this year. And I, I don't know exactly when camp will start, but I mean, everybody who follows the NFL, you know that enough that it's going to start because that's an early game, August 4th. And then the Jags will go play three games, uh, as as I understand it, right after normally. Um, and, and probably those games on uh, CBS 47 and Fox 30, by the way. I would assume the one national game will be this fourth one, which would be the Hall of Fame game. And even that could be on CBS 47 and Fox 30. But we don't know that. Uh, just yet, but we do know they're playing. They're playing the Raiders. Uh, it's a it's a pretty insignificant game as far as the football goes, as I remember it, Casey. All the time, like a lot of guys don't even play. 
it's kind of treated like the fourth preseason game because it's so early and you don't want to get anybody hurt. Uh, remember they had the field snafu a couple years ago? Yeah. But this is really more about, I think, a little bit the pageantry and, and everything going on uh, around the Hall of Fame. And I think it just adds to the Jacksonville Jaguars being very relevant that week, thanks to Tony Baselli and um, that going on. So I just like it because of that. I, I think now you have, if you're a fan and you were going up for the induction ceremony, now there's another reason to go up. Let's say you're a fan and you can't get a ticket to the induction ceremony, which I assume tic- tickets will be going on sale in the near future. Uh, I know tickets for the game will be going on sale for Friday. Now at least you can go to the game. You can be around the festivities, the Hall of Fame. Listen, we don't – I've never covered this before. So this is new to me as well. But, I mean, we're planning on being up there the whole week. I just booked our place. <laughs> so about an hour ago uh, or two hours ago. And so now we'll be up there. Um, so I think even for fans that might not be able to get into the induction, depending on if they sell out and how many people it holds and all that stuff, I think now this game gives them another outlet to see the Jags and have it be a very Jags-themed part of the week. I think that part is pretty exciting uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars franchise, Casey, and also for the fans. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I Hall of Fame game in terms of in terms of the football on the field, all it really does for me is that we understand that the NFL is on the way back, which is a good thing always but to your point i agree that you know if you don't go to the game or you're not locked into the game that is what it is it's a first preseason game you don't expect to see much anyway but the event as a whole with the hall of fame induction the game all the stuff that's going to be happening if you've never been to the area i think it could be exciting for fans that could go up and experience it all but at the same time it's good recognition nationally for the jags in my opinion because like I said, the football doesn't really matter, but to have the game in prime time, Baselli getting inducted, the, it'll literally be a f- Jags feel of a weekend. So I think that's exciting for national recognition that the team could get, especially after the draft and free agent moves that could put them on the map, especially, like you said in the beginning of the segment, if they were to find a way to get Devontae Adams. Well, yeah, and yeah, we're going to talk about that in a moment. But think, um, I think some – I don't – I have not in the past cared about this – stuff that much. Austin cares about it a little bit more than me, but I know the fans do, okay? What I what I feel and what everybody else, that doesn't necessarily um, it matter if it's always aligned. I, I just, I kind of don't care what the national people say. I mean, w- the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, I think, are huge in, in Northeast Florida. Um, all, all the things that the national folks used to say, I wasn't a big believer in. I think we uh, debunked many of them. I think Shad Khan has debunked many of them. All those kind of storylines. We know what they are. Uh, but I, I do think it's when you get a year like this, which is now pretty interesting, and, and I say this with a little bit of a caveat because we've had years like this where you get excitement from Trevor and Urban. I mean, I'm not sure we had that kind of excitement. I, like, we did have a lot of excitement going from 2017 to 2018, but it was a different feel last year when you get Urban Meyer and what was it going to look like? Could it work? And Trevor Lawrence, I don't want to forget that. Uh, but now this is kind of a different feel and can help the hype a little bit of this franchise that needs a boost when it comes to the PR part of this. And that's where I'm getting at. And so I, I said for a couple of months when we were going through this coaching hire, this team, this franchise needs something good to happen. And hopefully Doug Peterson was that good. And Doug Peterson's the head coach. Well, on the heels of that, Tony Baselli gets in, elected into the Hall of Fame. On the heels of that, the Jacksonville Jaguars have a lot of money to spend in free agency. They probably will land a pretty big free agent player, I would hope and think. On the heels of that, they also have the number one overall pick and many draft picks. So the draft will be exciting, as it usually is, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
And now you add a month of August where you're going to get an extra game, the national TV spotlight, a week in Canton that's going to feel very Jags heavy and Jacksonville heavy because of Leroy Butler as well. So I like that stuff, man. I, I, after, after what we endured, or really what the fan base has endured for a while, but especially those last couple of months of last year, November and December, and into the long hiring process of January, that's not fun. And so uh, this fan base, I think, is just craving. Even though they, they've been scarred before, they've been burnt before, if you will, and they're craving for some of this positivity and uh, good stuff to happen. So I think these are good storylines to build into a season where you hope this is the time it turns around. Trevor takes a step. They put more players around him. Doug Peterson's the guy. But there's a lot of momentum. You know, it struck me because Tony Baselli, when he, I think he did his thank you, but he might have done this a couple of different times, um, when he, when he, I remember him tweeting from L.A. a thank you to all the fans after the weekend uh, out there with NFL honors and, and all the celebration. And, and the last part of that was it's going to be a great 2022 for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that part is kind of resonating right now because of all the things I just said. And I think there's some fun things periodically through the calendar to get excited about once again. If you're a Jags fan, especially a diehard fan, have been for a very long time, uh, I think that part is cool. Now, we could add to that if they want to go get Devontae Adams, Casey. Oh, yeah. That would be bigger than maybe any of it, really. Uh, It would feel really big. Can the Jacksonville Jaguars really get Devontae Adams? Do you really think they'd make a run at him uh, like uh, it was uh, talked about yesterday? One of the reports, I think it's Tony Pauline, um, who said, I think the Raiders would be interested, the Jaguars. and Denver. you say the Chargers or Broncos? or Broncos, yeah. Broncos, yeah. I mean, the Broncos, are, that's like the easiest fit, although it still doesn't make a lot of sense to me because they got a ton of receivers, so they'll have to unload somebody, you'd think. Yeah. But um, the only sense it makes is because it's a package deal between Rodgers and Devontae Adams. When you saw that, do you believe that? Does it, it gets you excited because you're like, okay, I, I can at least think about it for a little bit. But do you really believe the Jacksonville Jaguars, if Devontae Adams is available, which, by the way, the Green Bay Packers have opened the door on that, if you've listened to their quotes coming out over the last couple of weeks, and we'll hear from the GM and head coach of the Packers this week as well. We'll see if they say a little bit more. But they've opened the door for Devontae Adams to be available. And if he is available, do you really think the Jacksonville Jaguars will be in play or not? Um, look, what, as you've said many times, if the money is there, that's what wins in free agency. And the money is there for the Jags in cap space. The, will they spend it on one player? I would like to believe that Doug Peterson did his research and understands that the big play and really the play in general was not here from the wide receivers last year. So... I think if that's a guy that you can get on board, and yeah, I could see them going after Devontae Adams. That would not surprise me if they do indeed offer him a contract, go after him and try to pay him. The surprise would come if he takes it. Again, they could offer him the most money, and he could come for that reason, but I still have a hard time believing whether it's because what has happened besides the year that they brought in all the free agents in 17, but it seems like if the Raiders are on the table, which we know he's best friends with Derek Carr, If the Broncos are on the table with Aaron Rodgers, we know that relationship. I just have a hard time believing he would come here. But to answer your question, I could see them going after him, yes. Yeah, see, there's 
I actually think it's the opposite, in my opinion, <laughs> which is weird. Do I think the Jags are interested in Devontae Adams if he's available? Yeah. But how interested? Are they willing to run the checkbook or direct deposit and funnel enough money into his account? I don't know about that because I've told you this in the past. It just has not been this franchise's MO to do it. They've done it on a couple of occasions. They really wanted Olivier Vernon. They put the bid in for Olivier Vernon. They didn't get him. They, he got out, they got outbid, and that was one of those occasions where they got outbid by just a little bit. In fact, depending on how you looked at the money, the Jags deal might even have been a little bit better from what I heard. Uh, but Vernon wanted to play in a bigger market. And, and by the way, the Jags benefited from not getting that deal. Vernon was, has been just okay. He hasn't been worth that. Calais Campbell is a the guy they spent for, they wanted, they went and got, they, they, they ponied up enough money for it. Uh, Alex Mack is a guy that they wanted to go get. They forced Cleveland to match it because uh, I think they would have had the transition tender on him. And so I've seen it a couple of times where the Jags are like, all right, we want that guy and we're going to spend it to get that guy. It's not like the Jags haven't spent money. But I just don't think over the years it's been their M.O. to always go get the top guy on the market, especially at a skill position. Haven't seen that. Uh, they really were cautious with um, Allen Robinson. You know, to the point where coming off the ACL, they didn't want to go where Chicago was going, and that's why he went to Chicago. So, and now there's talk he could end up coming back to Jacksonville. That's in play, too. But it just hasn't been the Jaguars' M.O. since I've been around to say, okay, we're going to go throw. It's not that we're not going to throw money around, but we're, we're going to go throw the kind of money it takes to get a wide receiver. Uh, I guess the only other example of this, by the way, is, is the quarterback. They, they threw around for Nick Foles probably too much, but they weren't even bidding against anybody in the Nick Foles thing. Right? I mean, he didn't have anywhere else to go. Right. They still gave him too much money. Uh, so, yeah. uh, but, so the Devontae Adams thing, like, I, don't, I do think money wins the day. I think Florida and no income tax when you're making 20-something million a year is pretty significant. I also think athletes like the idea – of being a part of something. And Doug Peterson will carry respect because he's got a Lombardi. Trevor Lawrence carries respect around the league. I think people think he's good. And so to come here as a an athlete and try to be the guy that helps fix it and change it and turn it around, I do think that appeals to athletes. Like So I don't think the view of Jacksonville, and you can't win in Jacksonville, isn't a thing. Uh, I I mean, well, what, Jarvis Landry? Did Jarvis Landry get traded to Cleveland, or did he go to Cleveland? Um, he got traded to Cleveland, I believe. Okay, so him and Odell Beckham, they both got traded there. Uh, because, again, Cleveland's had a little bit of that, you know, stigma as well. Um, a lot of that stigma, really. And even the Buffalo Bills have had a little bit of that stigma. So I really think it's less about what Devontae – I think if the Jags are going to pay $22 million a year and Denver's willing to go $18 million a year, I think he's going to come to Jacksonville. Like, I think that's how it works. And the Jags have enough money to play with if they want to do it. I hope you're right. I think I just feel like the Jags have enough moving pieces and are have enough holes to fill on their team that I'm just not convinced they're willing to go all in on that guy for, you know, $4 million more than anybody else on one guy at the receiver position. Because it's a little, it's riskier on the skill side, let's be honest. When you're paying those kind of dollars, it's less of a risk if you're paying for a guy in the trenches. It's just worked out to be that way over the years. So uh, I actually, I take it from, I, I wonder if the Jags are willing to go where they need to go. Less uh, than, or more than, um, I wonder if Devontae Adams would come to Jacksonville.
I think he would come to Jacksonville. But the price has got to be right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hope you're right. Like I said, I just I wonder how much the other relationships he has and whatnot build in. But I think it helps that Doug Peterson, at least he got an offensive-minded head coach, so at least he might be more willing to be like, you know what? We could use this guy. I know the trenches are important as well, but if you had a defensive-minded head coach, like would that be a clash in terms of like would you spend the money on him when you could spend it on defensive players? At least you have Doug Peterson who might be like, you know what? Yes, this guy could really help my offense. Let's do it. Yeah, I think Doug could fire you up about how I'm going to use you. Let me ask you this. Is Devontae worth it that much, or are you better off going to get two different weapons? No, I think I think Devontae's worth it. And, and you're talking about a free agency, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah. Or like DJ Chark and oh. Allen Robinson for the price of Devontae Adams. Would yeah. you rather have those two or Devontae? Devontae. I'd rather have Devontae Adams. I mean, yeah, I think out of all the free – like even Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, I think I'd strongly – consider Devontae Adams. Whoa, really? Yeah, because I think you can still draft a receiver, which I, I, I'm, I think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. I think he's going to make your team better, obviously, and I think he gets open on his own, and that will leave – like they'll double him is what I'm getting at. I think he'll still yeah. get open, and you have your other guys that can get open. So I say spend all the money on Devontae Adams. Ah, very good. Okay, uh, we'll be back. We're live at the NFL Combine, Indianapolis, Indiana. Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz will be joined by Austin Lane in the 4 o'clock hour uh, coming up. A lot more to get to. Uh, big news out of the high school football ranks today, so we'll touch on that. Major League Baseball looks like they could postpone some of their season or cancel some of their season. So there's a lot going on on a Monday as we head into the Combine of 2022, and that's front and center for us. Of course, more Jaguars talk on the way on ESPN 690. their starting quarterback is Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. Because those are the only two available guys on the market that are no-brainer upgrade. There's nobody else in the NFL that is a no-brainer upgrade in comparison to Carson Wentz. Listen, Carson Wentz last year was top 15, okay? Top 15 in passer rating, QBR, touchdown, and yards. He's a top 15 quarterback at worst. <laughs> hey, that's what he is. I mean, he threw for 28 touchdowns and seven interceptions last year. Everyone is only looking at him in his performance against Jacksonville, and I was very outspoken that it wasn't good enough. But who in the NFL is a better player at the position that's available? I think that's my man Orlovsky again. Yeah, there's not a lot of NFL sound going on, man. Dan's the only one talking. <laughs> Everybody's gearing up for the week, right? They're going to talk enough. I guess uh, so. I'm not sure you're going to get too many people here in Indianapolis that will buy that take, though. There's just something amiss with the Carson Wentz stuff, you know? I think you can put the numbers, look at the numbers. Remember we did this bet, Austin and I, like, would he be better than uh, Phillip Rivers? Right. And turns out I won that bet, by the way. I also got quiet on that. Uh, but even when Austin thought he was winning that bet and here comes Indianapolis, they're going to make the playoffs and look at the numbers, touchdowns, interceptions. Even Austin did. There was like, it felt like something was like, yeah, but it doesn't look as good as the numbers say. You know, he's one of those weird guys, Carson Wentz, where if you watch it, that it just doesn't match up with the way the numbers look. And I think that happens sometimes. You know, I think sometimes the numbers look better than the guy is. I mean, there were times like that for Blake Bortles here in Jacksonville. And so, uh, to be honest with you, I think Kyler Murray's a little bit like Carson Wentz in that sense. I think you can make the argument. I'm not saying he is Carson Wentz. He's he's a much better prospect. I'd buy a lot more into Kyler Murray right now than Carson Wentz. But 
I think his numbers and his sports center highlight style of play, I think really aid his perception maybe more than what he is. And what he is is a guy that still hasn't taken Arizona to the next level. So I always think that's kind of interesting. Brett Morton here at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Uh, be here for a couple of days. It really gets cooking tomorrow. So we'll be over there. Jags are at the podium tomorrow at 1 o'clock with Trent Balky. Uh, and then 145, I think it is, with new head coach Doug Peterson. We'll be there for that. We'll chat with both of them. And still don't know anything about uh, officially at all or any really thing about uh, EVP and the structure of the front office. Been very quiet on that front since Shad Khan mentioned that they – are looking and have put in requests with the league. So maybe we get a little bit of update from uh, Trent on that. I've got a feeling uh, they both will say we'll defer to shot on that. <laughs> Probably. I've got a feeling that's what they're going to say. Brent Martineau here, Casey Kurtz uh, in the Action Sports Shack Studios. Austin Lane in Dallas coming off a victory last night in Dallas in the cage. And uh, now does he get his big shot in the UFC? We'll find out. We'll talk to Austin coming up in just a couple minutes. I put out there. Uh, the uh, right as we're going to break, really, we were talking about Devontae Adams, and I said, would you want Devontae Adams or meaning one weapon and spend the kind of dollars that it would take, or would you take like let's just say a Chark and an A Rob, okay, two guys for probably the price that it would cost to get Devontae Adams, or at least in that ballpark, uh, and uh, let's see. Balboni says, I take my chances with Devante and developing a wide receiver from the draft along with current wide receiver on roster. I'd be good with A-Rob and Chark, too, but when you have a chance to get top five wide receiver, you do it. Yep. And I think that's kind of the, the, the way everybody's leaning. Dan says, Adams, yep. simply. Uh, Valley Sports Sun. Uh, says Devontae and Aaron, please. Trevor can wait or be traded to Green Bay. He wants Aaron Rodgers as well. Okay, that ain't happening. Uh, Jackson DeVillens might as we well ask if we prefer two weapons or Patrick Mahomes because we've ne- we're never getting Adams. He'll be franchised or sign a long-term deal with Green Bay. I'm not so sure about that. I, I really, it depends what Green Bay is going to do. It's going to be very expensive. If you're a Green Bay, you would franchise him, right? Uh, yes, I would franchise him. With uh, or without Aaron yeah. Rodgers? Yeah, 100%. The I only thing worse than Jordan like up Love. against it in the cap, right? I mean, yeah. so it's not like they have – I know they're they're trying to shred some money, but they don't have money hanging around. So if they're going to reload this thing, which means they would if they got rid of Aaron Rodgers, right? They'd trade him away and they'd get draft picks and they'd start to look ahead at building this thing down the road. Yeah. I mean – they really have to. If you're going to franchise Devonte Adams, it buys you another year for him to see what's going on. Can you? Uh, you get to see a little bit what you have in a Jordan Love because he's got a big target to throw to. Um, but doesn't guarantee you that you're going to keep Adams in the long term either. No, I think if there was a way to sign him long term now, I would. But with the cap issue, you probably can't do that unless you can. If you can find a way to sign him now and make the cap hit this year super small, and then have it huge going forward, then yeah. I would sign him long-term all day because the only thing worse than Jordan Love is Jordan Love without Devontae Adams. You need to have him a receiver of Devontae Adams' stature or you're absolutely totally rebuilding. And the thing is, with the Packers, are you even going to really be able to rebuild in that division that's not very good? You might win that. If you keep Devontae Adams with Jordan Love or whoever you play quarterback, you might still win that division. So I think it's going to be hard in that division to be horrible in a full reset, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, I hear you. I, 
I mean, listen, you got good players. you got to try to keep good players. But only they know what he really wants. And if he, he's going to be a disappointed player, do you want to – you want to keep a disappointed player as part of a potential rebuild um, that uh, is to be determined. Uh, I got a question for you, by the way. Like, what would you say is more popular, Coca-Cola or Pepsi? Uh, I would say Coca-Cola. They're actually both like, is it, yeah, so Coke or Pepsi. I would say, like, I'm a big Coke guy. Yep. Instead of Pepsi. That didn't sound good. But uh, it's... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to soda, uh, it's Coke or Pepsi. And, but everywhere I seem to go, there's Pepsi. Like, and, everywhere. And no Coke, you're saying? Yeah, there's no Coca-Cola. Like, how's hard to get a Diet Coke? Nope, Diet Pepsi. Oh, yeah, I see what so you're I'm, saying. So I'm, I'm, like, I'm starting to wonder, is, like, Pepsi, has Pepsi turned the tide there? Or is it still, like, Coke and Diet Coke win the day? Now, I think Coke still wins the day, but you're in Indiana. What does that have to do with anything? I just speaking from experience, they have a lot of Pepsi up there. I'm from do there. Do they? Yeah. I don't know why. I, I mean, like, I don't know how to explain it to but you. It's but not just that. Like, you go to, like, a lot of sports venues, it's Pepsi. Like, I feel like I land in restaurants, so I want Diet Pepsi. Like, I don't know. I feel like everywhere I've been lately, Pepsi is beating Coke. Maybe it's a turn of the tide. You know, That's maybe, what I'm asking. Maybe, I'm wondering. Like, am I missing something? I haven't seen the stocks or anything. Like, I have no idea. But. I feel like Coke is the thing. Like, every time I go to a, a gas station, they have one of those, you know how there's, like, those Coke special yeah. machines? Like, I feel like that's all I see. Yeah. So, I don't know. All right. I just had, just curious. Yeah. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, live from, well, Pepsi Distributing, Indianapolis, Indiana. And uh, Austin will call us next. Talk about the fight. Talk about the NFL Combine. We are live at the NFL Combine 2022 on ESPN 690.